This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 189 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, I'm speaking with Shamira Parker, who is going to be talking about to us about women entrepreneurs mindset. And right now it is July and we're starting to talk about how you can really start to set some sort of boundaries for yourself that are healthy as we try to figure out what it's going to look like for kids going back to school, if they're going to go back virtually, if they'll be going back in person, and what exactly we can do as business owners to make sure that we are protecting our own health as well as serving our families as best we can. All right, you guys, Let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Myra. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So the way that I want to dive right in is will you introduce yourself and a bit about a bit about your businesses? Sure. So my name is Shamira Parker, and I am a self-care advocate. Um, And I serve women in leadership with a special emphasis on Black women in leadership. Uh, What I do is I give Black women in leadership positions a mental makeover, and I show them how to make self-care a non-negotiable so that they are emotionally whole and no longer suffering in silence, which we all know largely leads to fatigue and burnout. Yes, very much so. So what do mindset, self-care, and mental health have in common for women entrepreneurs, and why do they matter? So mindset, self-care, and mental health are all tied in together just because, really, if you think about mental health, um, I, I always say there can be no health without mental health. So there can be no physical health without mental health. So mental health is already a part of everything that we do. It actually is tied to our mindset. So when we talk about our mindset, we are largely operating in the space of our mental and emotional health and well-being in the first place. And um, as well as the patterns of thoughts that we have, the way we think about things. Do we do we uh, catastrophize things? Do we uh, overthink things? Are we uh, suffering from paralysis analysis? Like our mindset is largely tied to our mental health and how self-care ties into that is how we address those things, how we're taking care of those things, how we're acknowledging them and how we are either nourishing ourselves or depleting ourselves in those areas. Okay. So when we're talking about mindset, what type of mindset do you feel that female entrepreneurs need to have? Right. Okay. So I have a really long list and I'm going to try to condense this for this conversation, but there are seven areas dealing with mindset that I believe that women entrepreneurs, women leaders, female entrepreneurs deal with. And um, I'll say challenges, right? Areas. So we're dealing with fear. We're dealing with confusion. We're dealing with isolation, we're dealing with overwhelm, we're dealing with guilt, we're dealing with self-doubt, and we're dealing with time, okay? Okay. I don't know about anyone else, but I went through as you're saying those, and I'm like, check, check. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yes, you can definitely, and the one that stuck out in particular was isolation, where it means something so different now than it did six months ago, we're isolated as 
entrepreneurs, especially if you're primarily online. Yes. Um, but now it's become even more of an issue. It's so crazy yeah. when you were saying that. It is. Yeah. It. I mean, isolation is a we're all isolated now, right? And and um, it, it takes even more of an effort to connect and really get in community. And even where you might've been doing things in silos, you might've been doing them by yourself and you felt like you were all, you know, a lot of women um, entrepreneurs are doing it alone. They're going it alone. Um, some may have very small teams, uh, but a lot of people are doing it by themselves. And so the isolation piece is really big because now we are like, now, okay, now I have my team. I can't even be in the same room with my team. We've got to figure out how to pivot and really rework what we were doing. Um, but even just for the ones, I, I my heart goes out to the solopreneurs. You know, I have been a solopreneur up until recently before bringing on someone, a contractor to help me and my business, support me and my business. And um, it, it, it really was. I was working in isolation in my business. And it's just because the challenge is we are just trying to get it done. We're just trying to get it done. And a lot of times not even having the resources to or the funds to be able to bring someone on to help you because you're barely, you know, figuring it out, especially in the launching phases. Um, but even outside of that, I want to talk about mentorship. I want to talk about um, building healthy supports, right? So in my opinion, I believe that, you know, it, when we look at all seven of these areas, again, fear, confusion, isolation, overwhelm, guilt, self-doubt, self-doubt and time, reaching out and getting and building the healthy supports that we need uh, is crucial to us being successful in building a positive, healthy mindset around these things. And it's it, that person, if they're the right fit for you, they're going to walk through all of these areas anyway. And you're not going to be in isolation. You're going to have the support that you need. You have a mentor who is going to connect you with other resources that you need or other things. Um, coach, you know, I believe in coaching. I hired my own life coach. Um, I became a life coach. I believe that everyone needs a coach and you need multiples for different reasons. Um, but you know, for me, when it comes to mindset, why does it matter? Because your mindset will either facilitate or hinder your success. One or the other. It's no in between. So how you think about things, the way that you see the world, your patterns of behavior, the way that you deal with all of these areas, um, it will either hinder your success and your progress or it will facilitate it and it will help you to grow um, in these areas. Yes, 100%. I agree. So what are we talking? What are some ways that women entrepreneurs can actually take care of their mindset? And I think a lot of times we think of self-care and we think, oh, I'm going to go take a bubble bath. Um, so yeah. <laughs> give us some other ideas. <laughs> oh, so, I love that you just said that because like how many of us know that we need more than a bath? Yes. How do we know? How many of us understand that we're going to need more than a bath? for this. <laughs> the bath and the candlelight is not all there is. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to tell you self-care is always going to be my first answer um, because it encompasses so much. So whether you need mental health support or not, that still falls under self-care. That's a type of self-care, making sure that you're getting the mental health support that you need, especially right now. Like while we're walking through this pandemic trauma, this global trauma, um, dealing with the way that work from home life is set up for us. 
having children, having families, having, you know, boundaries collapsing onto each other, everything, it's blurred lines, nothing is separated, you know, um, self-care is really more important. So you actually need more self-care now than, than, than before. So self-care is always going to be my answer. Moving past thinking about it in the very capitalistic way that we've been fed what it is, the bubble baths and the spa days. Now, do not get me wrong. I believe in a bubble bath. I believe in a spa day. I believe in a massage and a facial. <laughs> but those are not the only ways that you can take care of yourself. Right. They're not the only ways. And so when it comes to mindset and self-care and female entrepreneurs, I think when the first place that I delve into with people is one, their self-awareness around their needs. Because a lot of times people don't even sit to think about what it is that they're really needing. They're not even aware of how they're feeling, that they're running themselves in the ground. I, I'm just doing this because it's what I have to do. So we have to deal with self-awareness first. And then the next thing that we usually uh, work on is boundaries. And I actually, I had this, um, I created this note for online and I, it was a series about boundaries and I called it blurred lines. And when the two worlds of work and home collide and I was like, you know, everything else might be canceled, but like boundaries are not canceled. <laughs> we actually need more of them right now. We just have to reframe and reimagine what they look like in this environment so that we can be okay. So that we can tend to our mindset, having a mindset that you are going to be agile, having a mindset that you you're not going, you, it's like this, when you get overwhelmed, rest, but don't quit. So I, I'm going to be agile. I'm going to be tenacious, but I'm also going to have a mindset around rest. I need rest. I need to recharge. And boundaries are going to help create these different things. It's going to get, like, basically like open up the door. So even within boundaries, there are different ones. We've got digital boundaries. We've got physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, and work-life boundaries. So I go on and on. <laughs> I love that. And do you have that on your website, the training that you did or a, a blog post or article about it? So I did a video, um, an IGTV live video, and I did the first part of the series and I didn't finish it. Um, so I have to do more of it um, because we kind of got into dealing with the race relations stuff. And then I ended up going over there and helping with that. But I do plan to go back and revisit, revisit it and finish the series out. So the first one that's up there is Digital Boundaries. And if you follow me on IG, um, or you don't even have to follow me, my IGTV, I talk about that. Um, just And I think I did post it to Facebook as well. Okay. Um, and it's called Blurred Lines. And I talk about Digital Boundaries. And I think that was the most important one because that was the one we were going into like this Zoom life and... It was like, how can you create space for yourself? People were Zoomed out. They were burning out. Um, they were tired of being on the phone. What does it look like to create space and boundaries so that you can take a minute to breathe? You know, for me, I one of the main ones was creating a time and saying to people, first of all, I'm not going to be 100% accessible all the time. Right. We live in a, we live in a very, um, we live in a society where instant gratification has really gotten out of hand. And so people are used to having instant access to you at all times, whether it's by text message, phone call, DM, inbox, smoke signal, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> right? Uh, it's so true. And I think the only way that 
when you're working with clients that they come to understand that you have the boundaries is when you lay them out clearly. Yes. And I think that when you notice that you're, they're being overstepped constantly, it's probably because you haven't communicated them yeah. or laid them out very clearly. So I love that you're talking about that. What we're going to do is we're going to make sure we link to your Instagram so they can go to your IGTV okay. and make sure that they will um, get not only see that one, but anything future as well. Um, what does facilitating um, a culture of mental health and self-care have to do with business success? Okay. So this is one that I've been working on for a while. Um, I believe that when you have an organization, whether it's your own or you're a part of one, when the environment and the culture is set, that is what people will do. If you are your business, when you set it, people will respect it according to the way that you respect it. So facilitating a culture that really supports mental health and self-care looks like you are advocating for these things as being important. They are not just an afterthought. They are integrated into what you do and the way that you move. Wellness and being whole is important because when we look at our business, businesses are changing now. It's not, it is about the bottom line, but people are starting to understand that that bottom line is largely affected by people's mental health. It is largely affected. Why is it affected by their mental health? Because it has to do with how they're taking care of themselves or not. So even when we transition to this work from home life, people wanted to be all about the business and they wanted to be all about the productivity and what happened. People started breaking down. People were depressed. They were having a lot of emotional and mental health issues And the employers could no longer ignore it. They couldn't ignore it because people are sitting there in this environment with their families all day long. They're dealing with now their personal life has collided with their, their, their professional life. They don't. And and now we have people are looking into our homes. I mean, there's so much happening there, you know, and, and so I really think that this virus was a blessing and that it pushed employers to have to really acknowledge this. Now, when we talk about entrepreneurs, same thing. You no longer have the luxury of not tending to your mental health. And it has to become a part of your culture and a part of who you are. And so that you're setting your business up in a way that supports that. That is how you're going to get to longevity and success. The whole grind culture, the whole grit, the whole, it's okay, but there's a time for grit and there's a time for grace. Grind culture is not where we're at right now because if you grind and grind and you keep going, you will burn out. And then if you're the one holding the business up, then what? So true success comes flows from you. If you are healthy, so shall your business be. So good. And you're bringing, it's interesting because as you're talking about it, it's bringing me back to two years ago when I burnt out. Mm. I actually had a full-blown panic attack, thought I was having heart palpitations and drove myself to urgent care to see if I was having a heart attack. Um, And it was a full-blown anxiety attack. Didn't know what was going on. I couldn't catch, slow myself down. And it was because of this. I didn't have boundaries in place. And I was constantly trying to push traveling and clients and pushing the business. Um, And I can say I'm grateful it happened then. Because for it to happen now, couldn't even imagine. Devastating, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, Jenny, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, 
you would be surprised how many people I hear that same, literally same story from. And, and here's the thing, as entrepreneurs, as leaders, and then especially as women leaders, we deal with this kind of, this concept, this concept of um, the imposter syndrome, right? We're always wanting to make sure that we are adequate enough. And with that comes this idea that we, to even let that be known is showing a weakness. Right. And then yes. we are concerned about whether or not people will trust us, whether it's our staff, our team, or our customers. Are you trustworthy? Are you reliable? Now, do I really want to buy from you? I mean, you're supposed to be the coach. So how are you having an anxiety attack and you didn't know? Or why are you not doing the things to prevent that? So then you basically suffer in silence, you know, and you don't share, you know, you don't talk about it and you don't necessarily get what you need. But one of the really great things is I say, I kind of like to deal with people after they've had a major event. Because then I know that they're really ready. Yes. Now you and see, you, you understand, right? There are so many people who think that they're having a heart attack and it's an anxiety attack, but it's a wake up call. They're like, whoa, like if I go down, this whole thing is going down. <laughs> 100% true. And it was, that was when I hired a full-time coach and started to getting systems in place and started to think about if that happens again, can everything continue to run? And it was, we started off with boundaries and then we went right into systems because being able to replicate, but it was, I never took the time to self-reflect and be self-aware. So reflecting back on it now, everything that you're talking about, those were all triggers. That was exactly what it was all leading up to. So being able to figure these things out now before it happens for listeners, I think is just so important. Yes. Practicing proactive self-care versus, um, you know, self-care triage or, um, you know, emergency self-care is is really optimal. You really want to be in a proactive space. And that's why I've been advocating it and on my soapbox for all these years. Unfortunately, now we're in the fire and people are now, you know, reactive. But however it needs to happen, then moving forward, we can get into a space to where, we're being proactive about it. People are understanding this is a really real thing. You know, you you can not only in, in God, God forbid it was worse than the panic attack. Right. You know, there are people who are having actual heart attacks. There are people who are coming out of this with disease and all kinds of other things that they can't get rid of. I, you know, I know someone who was so stressed out with her personal life and then trying to balance everything else that she needed to do for herself professionally that she ended up, you know, on dialysis by the age of 40. This is really real stuff. So when I talk about self-care and I'm on my soapbox, a lot of people take it as there is very light. Like they're like, Oh, okay. Self-care. But I'm like, no, I'm, I'm out here trying to get, save your life. I'm trying to help you get to a place to where you get what you need because you want to be in a place. This is a part of your scaling process. We want to scale before we need to scale. And a part of your scaling process is how can I take care of myself? You should be scheduling at least one day a month for yourself taking it off of your books to actually take care of yourself. You you know, putting things in place like, okay, between this hour and this hour, I will return phone calls. I'm not going to be returning phone calls all day in between things or between this time and this time or blocks of time where you're answering emails or responding to emails. 
Um, I, you know, have developed things where there are set days where I will not schedule speaking engagements, period. Like, that's it. I'm sorry. You know, not, not really sorry. Sorry, not sorry. You know, it's like, this is what I need. And that's what I mean by uncompromising self-care. And I'm so, I'm so happy to hear that you put the things in place because you really came into the understanding that like, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to be successful. What we're talking about, people are largely functioning in a very um, reactive, uh, short-sighted space. It's just kind of like, I'm just going to get through today. I'm going to get through this month, this quarter, but I'm talking about sustainability. I'm talking about how do you sustain your business? You are a large part of the business. So you, we have to talk mindset, habit development, because self-care, it won't happen on accident. Self-care is intentional. It is an intentional practice and it has to be a practice in order to become a habit. And it has to become a habit in order to be cemented as a lifestyle change, which is how you get to long-term sustainability. And that will largely contribute to the success of any business. I love it. So talk to me about what a mental makeover is and how it can actually support women entrepreneurs to win. Absolutely. So when I talk about what the mental makeover is, I usually start off by asking questions. So I would be asking any woman, are you ready to show up for yourself the way that you serve and show up for others? Are you ready to actually reclaim your time and create meaningful margin in your life and in your calendar to do what and spend time with who you love? Are you ready to upgrade your self-care practices from awesome to amazing? Because largely, a lot of the women that I'm dealing with, it's not that they're not practicing self-care at all. It's that they're just doing the bubble bath. They're just going to get the nails done. But again, I ask, how many of us know that we need more than a bath and our nails done? It's not, it's not cutting it. And so... If those things sound like you and you answer yes to one or any of those, you need a mental makeover. And what that is, is taking you through the process of understanding and getting underneath the layers of why you're not doing these things so that we can get to, because we can't, I could come in and I could say, here's a self-care plan. Boom. And you will lay it on a desk, put it under a chair. It'll get, it'll be dusty. (laughs) You're not going to do it. The only way we do something is we understand our why. Our why is what makes it purposeful. And our self-care has to become purposeful, right? It has to become purposeful for us to do it. In order to get to it, we have to get to the why. And the why is discovered by understanding why you aren't currently doing it. So by the time we get to the end of that four-week session, You will have a personalized, customized self-care plan based on your individual lifestyle and needs, making it easy for you to simplify and prioritize self-care in a way that it can be uncompromising for you, but not something that has to feel like something else to do. I love it. So important. And it is, looking back, there were a lot of things for me that lined up for me, for me to not feel chaotic right now during this time. Yeah. Um, and it, it's so funny the way I'm thinking about it as you're talking about it. I'm like, yep, 
I definitely shifted my why in the beginning of the year, like without realizing what was happening, but was very intentional about spending time with family. I had a, my father got sick and it was important that I made sure that we spent that time and mm-hmm. made those moments with my girls. And it's so now seeing it all line up as you're talking about it is just it's all awesome. blowing me away. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it hits you right here. It hits you right there. Yep. You know, I'm glad you were able to have that time to take care of your father when he was sick. You know, our loved ones and the people that we love and care about, when people are on their deathbed, they don't wish I worked more. They don't say, I wish I'd work more. They say, I wish I had more time with my loved ones. And so that's that meaningful margin that I'm talking about. That meaningful margin. If you literally think about what it would look like if we were still doing paper paper calendars and you look at a paper calendar, my when I was in college, my planner was like to the edge of the paper <laughs> jam-packed with stuff. And that was cute then, but it is not cute to be have a whole life and people that mean something to you and a business. That's not cute. So we need to create meaningful margin. We think about the margins of the paper. Those are supposed to be empty. You know, that's where you take a break and you start over on the next line the break, the meaningful margin. And so we want to create meaningful margin in our life so that we have margin to spend with our families, to connect with the people that we love, to connect with ourselves, to take time to really give ourselves the grace and the space to recharge and replenish and just really get what we need to feel nourished. You know, because everything that we do, it's either nourishing you or it's depleting you. It's either taking something from you or it's adding. So we have to build that in. It's not going to happen on accident. It has to be intentional. I love it. So good. So where are, we could continue this conversation. (laughs) I think we're probably going to like two hours continuing this conversation. But what are the best places to connect with you? So currently... I am all over Instagram. Instagram is, I'm, I'm the most active on Instagram, largely because it feeds into Facebook. So I can do two things at once on social media um, until I hire someone for that because I'm definitely wanting to do that. <laughs> um, but I'm really active on Instagram. And as I said, I, you know, was posting the IGTV and I'm looking to kind of continue to build that up. Um, but all across my social media, so whether you're on IG, whether you're on Facebook or whether you're on LinkedIn, which are the three platforms that I'm a part of, I am at I am Shamira Parker. Um, outside of that, my website is shamiraparker.com or bornboundless.com. Uh, so I can be find it, or I, you can find me at any one of those places. Perfect. So we're going to link to those in the show notes that everybody can make sure that they connect with you there. I appreciate you so much for taking the time to speak with my audience today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. All right. Well, there you have it. I'm really hoping that you're able to take away information from this episode in order to help yourself moving forward with all of the craziness that is happening. You do have to have some sort of boundaries in your life in order to be able to have that self-care and the mindset that you need to be a flourishing woman entrepreneur. I appreciate you guys so much for listening in. If you are out taking a walk or you are doing uh schoolwork with kids, whatever it might look like right now. Um, I'd love it if you took a screenshot. You can tag me at Jenny underscore Melrose and I will be sure to send you a DM thanking you. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you all then. 